Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello. I'm Laura Mize, pediatric speech language pathologist, and welcome to Teach Me to Talk the podcast. This week is really special because we have had two shows. We had a show on Friday with Terry Kaminsky-Peterson, who was fabulous, talking about how she uses books, even with little ones who are active. So if you haven't listened to that show, go listen to that one. It's show number 293. Today we have a fabulous guest to talk about our favorite back-to-school activities, and we'll get to that in just a second. But before we get rolling, let me mention this uh, big conference, this big course that I have coming up in September. It's on Friday, September 23rd. It's in Toronto. It's hosted by Speech Associates. And if you are interested in coming to that, you can get more information right on my homepage at teachmetotalk.com. All right, so let's get to our guest. She has also been here before. Hi, Monet. How are you? Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me back. You know, I never pronounced your last name. I always let you do that if you want to share your last name. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and I'll, like the last time, it's two syllables at a time. It's Maruyama, big tongue twister. So, um, yeah, I have my, my um, kids call me um, Miss Monet this year. So it's a lot easier. That is great. That's probably what I would do too. And, you know, people, it's so funny, even when you don't have a complicated last name, and I probably shared this last time too, people butcher mys all the time. They never quite know how to say it either. So I just go with Laura, no matter where I uh-huh. am or I'm working with. So I totally get that. So, Monet, tell us a little bit about, remind us of your background. And let me let me just say before before we have you start with that, I asked Monet to come back to talk about back-to-school activities because the last time you were on the show, we had so much fun talking about all of your great little creative tricks that you use with young preschoolers and so many listeners for this show. Um, that's their population, mm-hmm. to- toddlers and preschoolers. So that's, I just thought you were perfect when I was thinking about, oh, who can I have on to do a back-to-show uh, back to school show, and so you were the first person to come to mind, and so I'm so excited that you agreed oh, to do thanks. that. <laughs> yeah. And so, so tell um, us kind of what your position is, and you know how, what your world is, so everybody will have sort of a a background. So I um I'm a speech pathologist in the school um district, and um my favorite population is actually um, the young kids, the the preschoolers. And I have an extra um, place in my heart for the kids um, on the spectrum. So um, I created these books. um, I had uh, mentioned this the last time that um, years ago, um, I have five kids of my own. And so I um, thought, oh, I have such a nice library of, of books and stuff. I'll just be able to use that, you know, transitioning into the school district with my caseload. And I found that none of those books were working. So I um, created um, lots of uh, simple little books that um, target a lot of the different language um, goals and, and skills that we're working on for the little ones. And I had a tremendous amount of success um, using the books. I shared a lot of um, of my materials with my department. Um, there are 350 speech pathologists uh, in my district. I work for one of the uh, right. largest 
school districts in the country. So, um, and no there was kidding. such positive, yeah. So there was such positive feedback from from all of them that I just um, I knew I was on to something and and just um, kept um, writing the little books and using them and and seeing the progress and that's kind of um, how it all took off. So. Um, yeah, I'm super excited. The, the little ones are just the best. And, and you never know how, what you're going to get every year, you know, uh, right. depending on ages, behaviors, and, and it's a whole new routine for them going into a new school year, too. Exactly. And so you have sent me so many of the cute little things that you use. And let me just say one more thing before we get into that. How I connected with you is that another speech pathologist who came to a course that I taught in Atlanta years ago, had lunch with her, and she was just darling, and then she moved to your city, and she emailed me and said, you know, you and Monet are just destined to be friends. You know, you have so many of the same ideas and approaches. She's very energetic and so much fun. And this is what she said about you. And I, I think I shared this last time you did the show, but I'm going to say it again. She said you were the very best SLP she had ever worked with, particularly for children who were on the spectrum, that you have a way of captivating their attention and their interest and keeping groups of children with you more so than anyone that she had ever seen. And so I think that is such high praise. So I wanted to mention that again so that you yeah. you get your words today, Monet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that, 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 that was a really nice thing that she said about me, and, and thank you for sharing that. And I actually felt the same way when I spoke with you the last time. I said, I feel like we are so much alike. Like, <laughs> there's, yeah. we just the same energy, the same, you know, things that, that we get excited about. And, and so, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. So thank you. Oh. oh, you're welcome. All right, so let's get going here. Now, you sent me a fantastic outline. And it, tell me about that. Monet, are these the little? Uh, these are just the activities that you are using right now with back to school mm-hmm. with your caseload, correct? Correct. Yes. So, um, okay. on the the thing that I sent, I um, first of all, I I guess we need to think about you know when we go back to school, like I said, the kids they're they have a new teacher, a new routine. You just never know, you know, they've been off for part of the summer and they might come back and they're just not used to that routine. And so I think number one, the very, very first thing is to talk about, you know, classroom rules, the routines, um, what the teacher expects, um, work on the behaviors and and transitioning from, you know, different activities. And all of that's going to also include social skills. And a lot of the kids that are on my caseload have, you know, deficits in the area of the social skills also. And so I like to really focus at the beginning um, for back to school on um, those kinds of things. And so a lot of the materials that I use um, will target uh, those kinds of things, but they'll also target other things like developing, you know, the, the vocabulary and identifying colors and shapes and, and um, describing things and um, just so many different things that the little ones need help with, um, especially when they're struggling with language skills. And so right. um, my materials really help with all of that. All right. So just walk us through those first give us your best 
ideas, because that's why people listen to this show, is a lot of times they'll tell me, you know, if I could just get one or two new little, you know, winner ideas from listening to the Mm -hmm. show like that, I always feel like it's worth my time, something that I can take away and use. And last time that you were on the show, you shared so many of these things, really practical Here's how I do it. Here's here's mm-hmm. what's supposed to happen. Here's kind of our troubleshooting if that doesn't happen. So let's walk through some of these cute little ideas. And I love that you set it up like that with, you know, always being aware that children, if they've been to school before, that's not necessarily all those things for them to remember <laughs> aren't going to be as mm-hmm. automatic because they've been off. But especially for little ones who this is their first, school experience and I'm, right. I'm sure that you have new little guys on your caseload too correct uh-huh yes I do um so the first thing that I like to do is I do do a lot of um whole group therapy during like a circle time um I can also um I also see kids in smaller groups um one-on-one but my one of my favorite things to do is uh, like a whole group therapy. And the tips that I'm going to share today are things that not only um, SLPs can use and teachers can use, but also some of the things are great for parents too, because a lot of times parents um, kind of separate, you know, oh, they do this in school, but it's different at home. But actually a lot of that stuff is carried over back into the home and then from home back into school. So it's, really a perfect combination um, that parents can see, hey, this is what they do in school, and I can modify that and do that at home. So Exactly. Um, and let me just let me just say one thing, this, and let me just talk about how I plan to use these ideas. You know, as a birth to three person, we have lots of children who, again, all throughout the year are going to be transitioning into preschool. And so when, when a kid, he may be on an early intervention uh, SLP's caseload until he's turning three the middle of September. So for him, preschool won't start until he's gotten that age eligibility piece. And so what I like mm-hmm. to do for those kids is talk to mom and introduce some of these classroom-like or group-like activities so that a child has some prior exposure and some previous experience going in. Now, the environment's going to be totally different, but I found that if we can make some of these things more familiar and if we can, Mm -hmm. um, I think our ABA therapist colleagues call this priming, meaning that we're going Mm -hmm. to practice ahead of time. So that's how I think these activities can be best used. Even if the therapist is listening right now and they're thinking, oh, I don't know about this show. I don't do any groups or I'm not, I'm strictly an EI therapist. You can still use these ideas with your little friends, particularly your little friends that are about to transition. So I wanted to get that in there mm-hmm. at the beginning so that we could be sure yeah. we're talking about that. And I love that you brought up that moms can use these things with kids too. And this is, this is part of our responsibility as parents, you know, helping a kid get ready, filling, filling in those gaps, giving them, mm-hmm. again, a little bit of a heads up about this is what we do in school and this is how, how, it, how it all goes down. So mm-hmm. I think that was great. And I think, I think um, nowadays with um, TVs, computers, um, cell phones, iPads, all of the technology, sometimes it even makes it harder to be a parent um, because there's so many distractions 
And, and then, you know, the kids are, they, they um, gravitate towards that technology and stuff. And, and I think sometimes we even need to remember, we just need to sometimes just, you know, shut down some of that technology and, and spend that time, even if it's five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day where there's no interruption, no beep on a phone and you're looking down to see who that was. Um, because kids need that back and forth, that talking, you know, as much communication in those early years. And, and that will really, really help um, with them in the later years. So um, I always think, gosh, what a hard, hard time to be a parent these days. I know, I know, um, you know, I'm a little bit older and, and my kids are a little bit older. And so it's, it's, yeah, there's so many different things that go into, you know, everyday, um, everyday things. So, but, um, exactly. and I think that competition I, for intention is such an important piece that we as speech language pathologists need to be talking about. I mean, I know it's something that I struggle with myself with, you know, looking at a text or scrolling through social media that's why I don't do any of that nearly like I used to because it really does take away from that one-on-one interaction with the real life people who were in who were mm-hmm. right in front of you <laughs> and so yes, as therapists we exactly. talk to parents about that because sometimes they don't even really realize that it's going on especially and I've had parents say to me and I I know they're a little bit embarrassed after they say it because I can't believe they were so candid and truthful but they'll say he doesn't really talk back anyway so why why is that as important a deal as you're trying to make it? And so and then I think sometimes they think, gosh, I can't believe I said that out loud. But I'm glad that they'll say it because it gives me an opportunity to really address it and really, like you said, mm-hmm. to stress how important that one-on-one interaction is and being totally unplugged. And that's not just the kid; it's the parent too. Mm-hmm. So we have to really help yeah. them kind of see. Yeah. Yeah, and and um and when I say these things, this is like no judgment toward anyone because yeah. you know i i i understand how hard it is it's you know we're we're all yeah. in this in this uh in this age so um but exactly. anyhow it's it's just a good reminder um for all of us to, exactly. to remember that so um exactly all so right. i'll i will um i'll try to just kind of run down what i some of the things that i do do um i keep my um therapy sessions just constantly um, changing. Um, a lot of times I will use puppets um, and not, not for a long time, just for a few minutes at the beginning. Uh, I find that if the kids are, um, if there's some behaviors that day or you have um, kids on the spectrum that maybe, you know, don't want to interact with um, a human being right away, you have to build that rapport first. Um, with the kid at the beginning of the year. So if you're going to come in and put like a lot of demands on them, the first or second um, day, or even the, you know, the first or second week, there, there could be a little bit of a, you know, button of the heads between you and, and, and the child. So <laughs> the best thing to do is to build that super great rapport at the beginning. So you, you have them and then they're so excited. They're running to the circle to sit down to see what you have for the day, what you're going to do for the day. So I go really easy on the kids at the beginning of the year, the first couple of times, because I want to build the rapport first. And I find using um, the puppets and some great music um, is is a good way to kind of break all of that down. Um, And Mm -hmm. it's perfect for imitation, um, identifying, uh, you know, you can um, have them even just, 
saying hi, waving to the puppet, um, talking about what body parts are on the puppet. You know, where's the ears, the nose, the mouth? Um, where's your ears, your nose, your mouth? Um, you can use, I mean, it's great for receptive and expressive language skills. Um, and then we know music is, is always, you know, kids respond to that. Right. So I like to throw in like one or two songs also at the beginning um, before I get to like the meat of, of my um, therapy sessions. Um, you know, and but, I think that's so important to really establish that kind of routine at the beginning too, so that kids really know what to expect. And especially our little guys with language delays that, you know, just because we're telling them what's about to happen, which is always important, predictability piece when we have a little routine, when they know, okay, here comes Monet. I'm going to run and sit down because she's going to probably use that super fun puppet again and just that that continuity. Even though you're changing other things, you're still kind of keeping the framework of what you do the same, and that's super, super important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Hey, you know, I think last time you were on, we talked about your puppets. Where do you get your puppets, Monet? And remind us of all that. Um, I get a, I have a huge collection of puppets, and so I always tell um, people, you know, you don't have to start out with what I have. This took years to accumulate. But a lot of my puppets um, I get from Folk Manus, um, which they have gorgeous puppets, um, and then I also, um, you can go on Amazon. They've got great puppets there. And then I have a couple that I use. Um, they just started selling them in the United States. Uh, one of my um, daughters lives in um, England. And so I, when I go to visit her in the summers, I would order these puppets. Um, and I would, um, because I, they wouldn't ship to the United States, so I would order them. And then when I'd get there, I'd bring one back um, every year. And yeah. so they're like, uh, almost life size, and you put your hands in them. Um, I'll yeah. put the link to to that, and so excited about that. You can change their clothes, um, all kinds of things for different themes that you're working on. Yeah. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. the puppets are something you know you can use little bug puppets, animal puppets, depending on what mm-hmm. theme you're working on um, that particular right. week. But um, yeah, so I do like to use the puppets, and then I also have a couple of other things like. On certain days, you'll have kids where, you know, oh, my gosh, the behaviors are just, just not where you want them to be. It could be on a Monday because a lot of times when the kids come in on Mondays, they've been off for a couple of days. The routine wasn't the same. And so, you know, you got to find something that's going to sort of get them settled. And I have um, some a couple of great apps that I use that are really, really good for imitating um oral motor development and also mm-hmm. the um, just the sounds and the um, like words, words, word approximations. Um, and the kids are glued to this app. I'm, and it's only 10 little sounds, but mm-hmm. they, everyone will just sit like, like I just brought out, you know, the biggest treasure <laughs> in the world. And, and honestly, it's the teachers say to me all the time, I can't believe I've never heard him say a sound before, and he's imitating all of those. And so um, just I'll put a a little link to that also. Um, But um, and I think that that app, um, that one is um, uh, Touch and Say, 
Um, okay. And there's another one that's called, um, oh, my gosh, I should have had this all written down. Because, you know, it's like that's remembering okay. your phone number. You don't remember the number because you never have to tell anyone because it's always in their phone. Um, exactly. Um, it's okay. But, you can uh, send me a link. And I'll, I'll, just send me a link with that, and I'll add it to the post. So if any of you are listening and you're just dying to know what that app is, yeah, Look and that app is it's called. Um, go ahead. Uh huh. It's um it's called Touch and Say, um and it's actually um I think when I got mine it was probably free and it might mm-hmm. still be free and if not it's ninety nine cents and it's um cool. it's just a really really good little app um so um but uh so yeah I like to use uh, you know and I don't use the iPad a lot. Um, in my lessons that's probably you know I have a couple of really good apps that I use and just for a a little bit a few minutes of the of the therapy Um, and then after I do that um, I've I've been creating um, some of these big posters that go along with my books and so I like Mm -hmm. to start off the lesson where um, let's just say I have um, a school bus and so this it's a school bus poster Um, it's really Mm -hmm. easy to put together it's basically printing and laminating three pieces of paper and then you tape them together Um, so not hard at all and what I'll do is I'll have wallet-sized pictures of the kids at the beginning of the year because usually the teacher Mm -hmm. has that in the room as well and we will sing a little song like John is here today John is here today let's all shout hooray and then John will come up he'll put his little picture on the bus we'll talk about are you in the front the middle or the back um, I have like a little pom-pom that they shake, you know, you can get the little pom-pom at, you know, a party store or, you know, and so they'll shake it when we get to the hooray. Um, yeah. Just lots of fun little things to get them. And so many skills you can target with just that one poster. Um, you can exactly. talk about who's in front of John, who's, you know, who's behind John, who's in the back of the bus, who drives a bus, Um Lot, so many things with just that one little activity, but um, so so basically that's the beginning of my uh, lessons. Those kind of few things that I talked about, and then I go mm-hmm. into the book. So for the beginning of the school year, I have a whole list of books, um, and I just posted a um, a blog post, and so I put the the things that I'm using, and then I'm actually going to post a little bit later on today specific lesson plans kind of like what we're talking about today so for new speech pads or someone who who just wants kind of like a a new um you know sometimes we do things over and over and then after a while we're like oh I'm looking for something new to do Um, so even if you're a seasoned SLP it it can give you a new a a little bit of a a, something to do but um and then I I use the book Tell us the name of your blog, Monet. So if anybody's not, we're, if there, we have a lot of people who listen while they drive between appointments or who listen while they exercise. And so maybe they can just remember if they're not clicking on this link. So tell us the name of your blog. Um, it is uh, monetsbooks.wordpress.com. Um, okay. And then it, I, most of um, the things that I, I'm pretty much go by Monet's Speech House. But um, uh-huh. my blog, I had started it as monetsbooks.com. So, and my name's kind of unusual, M-O-N-A-E. And so if you just yeah. put in Monet's Speech House for Monet's Books, um, 
it's easy to come up. So, and I try to put a lot of helpful tips on there, things that I do that, um, you know, like even with the, the pom-pom, like you think something that's so, you know, it costs two, less than $2 to buy a little pom-pom. I use that pom-pom so many different ways, even at the end of my lessons. The kids love it when I, I put it over their head and, and they have to say hip, hip, hooray, and then they like to have it tickled on the back of their neck or, or the top of their heads or, um, you know, and they go crazy for those little yeah. things. And you're getting language out of them, you know, because they're requesting, exactly. they're, you know. So Well, and I think that that's novel enough, unless they have a big brother or sister at home who's doing cheer, you know, they may not have yeah. seen pom-poms, and so they're novel and they're fun, and like I said before, when kids kind of come to expect that little oomph that they get from you, that makes them so much more eager to participate, and they do associate you then with fun and are running to you instead of away from you. So I think any little trick like mm-hmm. that, that we can do, especially at the beginning to get things going, are so, so important. I just pulled up your blog. It is cute. I love that you have your back-to-school posts right there. So these are exactly the kind of things that we're talking about today. So that is perfect. So if you anybody's listening and you're thinking, oh, I, you know, I hope I remember some of these ideas, go to Monet's blog, monetsbooks.wordpress.com. And you're right, I just Googled. Monet's Speech House, and it came right up. So that was easy, easy, mm-hmm. easy. Yeah, and right. um, some of the posts that I had previously talked about the puppets. I, I had some pictures of the puppets. Um, it talks about that app that I was talking about. It talks about a lot of the things that I use. So if you kind of just um, scroll back, if, if they want to scroll back, it has that. But I'm actually going to talk about um, all of that stuff fresh again this year because I'm going to put a little bit more detailed um lesson plans up there so that it's very yeah. easy for um for um educators and parents to to see what what works and and how I do it um so but um well, that is phenomenal that you're sharing your expertise in that way and I love it and that that is just fantastic so I'm going to link that on teach me to talk too so that folks will know how to get there and and be able to see that so that's fantastic thanks for sharing that mm-hmm. with us Oh yeah, of, of course. So, but um, so for the beginning of the the month of September, you know, it's all about back to school, um, school buses, apples, uh, pencils, backpacks, school shopping. So that's a lot of what I'm going to do um, in the month of September. And um, some of the books that I use have um, they're like shadow books. So it might be the shadow of the picture and then the kids have to predict, Oh, what do you think that is? Um, and then there's the, some of the other books go over like behaviors and emotions and, and being tolerant of each other. Um, one of my favorite new books that I just put out is called um, it's nice to be nice. And I, love this book has so much of my heart in it and it talks about you know people just trying to get along it it touches on um you know sometimes we'll have those kids that if they lose a game they have a meltdown because they lost um somebody was first in line so they have a meltdown for that reason or the teacher called on someone else first um so it touches on a lot of that and it and it also touches on you know we might not all have the same hair color the same skin color talk the same language wear the same clothes but you know we all need to get along and um 
So that's a really good book for at the beginning of the school year also because you want to make sure that, you know, we're all treating each other the way we should be treated. Um, and then you know, I know that I had mentioned – go ahead. Let me ask you a question about that, Monet. What I, and I bet you've heard of this too. So many parents get scared for their kids to go to preschool because they say – you know, oh, they're nonverbal. They're not going to be able to tell me what's happened. What are they going to do about if somebody picks on them? How would somebody know? What's your advice when a parent brings that to you or when you when that comes up? So you're in, in an IP meeting and a mom is concerned about that. What's your advice? Mm-hmm. So my advice for that is, well, first of all, communication is so important between not only the speech path and the parent, but also between the teacher and the um, parent. And I know that some of the teachers I work with are amazing. They send home little journals, um, you know, every day, sometimes once a week. Um, I like to send home a little um, letter explaining, you know, this is what happened in class today. This is what we did. This is what we talked about. And so I think, you know, when, when parents are talking about that as well to their kids, even for the kids who are nonverbal, there's other ways to communicate that. There's, you know, there's, um, there's the use of pictures, there's gesturing, there's, you know, there's making good choices and bad choices. Um, kids know how they, a lot of kids, even the kids who are struggling verbally, they will find ways to communicate things. And if and the parents asking the right questions, um, and like I said, right. spending the time to talk about, you know, what is happening, but I always like to keep the lines of communication open. Um, and I've worked with some amazing teachers who do that as well. So, you know, I think that's, that's part of of um, of keeping that going. So, yeah, and I um, really encourage parents who are in that situation to just really, really talk with that teacher a lot about that and a lot about those concerns because a lot of times it's just as a parent we need to just make ourselves feel better about that and know that someone else mm-hmm. knows that we're worried about it and so that if we can just get some reassurance mm-hmm. from that classroom teacher who's saying, hey, I'm going to let you know when that happens or I'm going to be over-communicating if you need me to do mm-hmm. that initially. Now, not all teachers are like that, but like you said, most are. And I've worked with some fantastic teachers, too, who really, once they know that that's a big concern of a parent or a grandparent, will do everything they can to, if not alleviate it, at least address it so the parent feels more comfortable. Because we never want a kid mm-hmm. not to go to school because a parent feels like, you know, I, I'm I'm giving up some control here, or I, I'm not going to know exactly what happened. So important. Mm-hmm. And as a psychologist working with that family to transition, you know, that's one of the conversations. Or you know, we may have to talk about that every week for three months mm-hmm. leading up to that child's transition, so that mm-hmm. mom gets super comfortable with that, and mom knows. You know, this is a good decision for my child. This is, I can feel comfortable with this. This is, mm-hmm. we can move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know a, a lot of times when the kids are, um, the younger ones that come in at three, uh, I'll see the parents feel a, a little extra um, wary to put them even on the, on the bus. You know, they're like, oh, right. no, no, I can, I can drive them. And, and I, I know where they're coming from. I get that fear. It's it's like you said, it's the control thing of, you know, I want to, I, I need to know where my child is. I need to be the one to be. But it, in a way, you know, sometimes I, I try to explain to the parents that 
helping your child um, do some of these big kid, bigger kid things like riding the bus and all that, those are things that are going to help them because um, one day they're not going to be three. They're not going to be five. They're going to be 10. They're going to be 12. And, and the right. things that, you know, you let them do when they're three, four, and five, whether it's helping around the house with chores, um, feeding themselves, um, just so many different things. Those are skills that are going to help them the sooner you do it when they're young, um, the, the better off they'll be when they are 13 and 18. And, um, and, and I'm talking about for the kids that are a little bit more severe. Um, Me too. But yeah. I know it's hard. Yeah. It's hard for parents. So I, I do get that. And, and um, yeah, I, I try to. Um, I get it, yeah. Um, I get it. And I, the school bus, let me just say this really quickly about the bus. And we may have had this same conversation the last time you were on the show, Monet. I'm getting memories of maybe we talked about this before. But the bus is a lot of children's very favorite part of the day. The bus Mm -hmm. is what they live for is to be able to see that big yellow bus pull up and to get on and to, you know, take that ride to school. And some parents are really, really afraid. And, again, I get it for a three-year-old. I totally get it. But I've had so many clients whose moms will say, my goodness, I'm so glad I let him ride the bus because that is just all he talks about. It's all he thinks about, Mm -hmm. you know, and and they would never want to deprive their child of what ended up being their very favorite thing about school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, and um, especially back to school when we talk about back to school, I mean, that's the first thing you think about is the big yellow buses and, you know, the the experience of all that. So (laughs) But um, but yeah. Okay, I, um, I'm getting you off topic. Let's keep going. With, let's keep going with your great ideas here. I wanted to interject that though, in case there's some moms listening who are afraid right now and grappling with all that. It's important, and we need to be talking about it with our moms. Mhm. Yeah, definitely. And I know. Um, just to touch on one more thing before we move on is, um, I always say to my parents in the meetings, um, no matter how many goals there are that um, the kid needs to address what what is the most important goal that the parents are always always concerned about it's the communication um and so i i do get that i know you know some some kids can't even say i love you to to their mom or dad um so i know how important my job is and um I take it very, very seriously. And so I know that parents have a lot of concerns and sometimes, you know, they, they might, may not say it as much as, as they need to, but you know, those meetings are, are for opening up too. And, and parents need to say, you know, the things that they're concerned about. So, because, right. you know, there's things we can do to help um, with, you know, those concerns and transitioning and all kinds of stuff. And like I said, it's all about communication between all, everyone. So, but yeah, um, and unless a mom shares that with a parent, unless a mom shares that with a teacher, she's not going to know, and she will not be able to address what your concerns are unless you tell her. So huge, mm-hmm. huge point. I'm glad I'm glad you reiterated mm-hmm. that. That's great. All right. So um so yeah, I like to um I like to use these books. Um, I a lot of the things that I've um, created too also include extra activities so um they'll include the um the pex pictures so um you can use that in any of the um assistive um technology devices for the kids who are mm-hmm. nonverbal so they can still mm-hmm. participate during the circle during the reading during the the questions um and you just it's 
you program them. Almost every school has these um, this equipment available to their teachers and speech pads, um, and it's not hard to to use. Um, and then it's just a way of of the the nonverbal kids being able to participate. And I like to even use some of the things even with my verbal kids because they're great models for the right. nonverbal kids. So you know, a lot of times we might forget about that, but. Um, so yeah, the the books um, include you know things like uh, some bingo cards that have to do with that particular book or or theme or subject. Um, some memory matching cards, um, maybe some tic tac toe. Really simple, easy, fun things that a parent can do at home um, because. Sometimes, who wants to sit down and play Monopoly? I mean, I mean, yeah. not that we would play Monopoly with a three-year-old, but I don't want to play a game right. that's going to take six hours. <laughs> but exactly, if, everybody can find time to, you know, do something fun for five, ten, fifteen minutes. Um, and that, those are the moments where you're going to build language, language with your kids at home. And um, so I like to include that kind of stuff also. Um, I do have another little tip that I love to do in my lessons. Um, this past year, I um, ended up working down at UNLV at the preschool. Um, for most of the year, they have uh, um, programs down there, and they needed a speech pass um, down there. And so I was, my eyes were really open to a lot of the things that they did. And I picked up a couple of really fun tips down there. Um, uh-huh. One was using the student's name. Um, so we know um, some of the, the things that kindergartners need to know is about rhyming and, and rhyme words and stuff. And a lot of my books do have the rhymes in them, but I like calling on kids using a different letter of the alphabet. So if, um, if the, the, kid's name is Anthony and I'm, I have a group I'll be like okay so let's see who's sitting nicely now listen I'm gonna call on Manthony whose name sounds like Manthony Anthony and after you do this little routine for a while um, you know it could be all right Moosey Susie they get right. used to that that routine of the rhymes and that's one of the um, skills that you know they need to know um, moving forward in, in school, I've had parents say, my kid doesn't understand rhyming. Um, right. You know, that's a super easy little, and you can use any letter of the alphabet for that. You can change it up. Um, and I also, they they used to do a lot of outdoor things. I think it's so important if it's a nice day, if it's a gorgeous day, find something that you can do outside. Um, yeah. There's, you know, there's a whole world out there and, and um and I think to incorporate that into lessons, whether you're a teacher, a parent, a speech path, um, I like to do that also. So I think that's good. Let's revisit the rhyming thing. I want to talk about that for just a second. If parents aren't quite understanding why that's important, that's a pre-literacy skill. So before kids begin to read. And so I know that some parents who are listening to this are saying, you know, you're talking about reading, and I'm just concerned that my kid's not talking or communicating. Guys, this is all foundational, and it all builds. And so rhyming is one of those skills, like Monet said, you, you, it's one of the expectations that kids learn how to do in kindergarten, but we do have to back it up and give kids that prior experience so that they are familiar with that concept, you know, just to build, build that, that progress. 
So I think that's a cute little idea, but I wanted to explain to parents why that's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and the and the kids, it, it's it doesn't even. It's not just the rhyming, it's their listening skills, too, because they really have to listen. And, you know, when yeah. they're listening, they're paying attention. Um, e- even if they're not um, as verbal as you would want them to be, you know, maybe it's the younger kids, but they're listening, to, and they make that connection. Um, and right. so, um, you know, anything that's going to keep them, you know, attending and, and, and staying engaged, that's why I like to, I like to mix it up. Um, with lots of things. It's not just about reading one book or singing one song. It's, it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And then by the end of a, a 30, 40, 45-minute session, the kids are just, you know, they, they could stay for an extra 15 minutes because they're so engaged. Um, right. So. And you've made everything super, super fun. So back to the listening thing. So many of our little friends, especially in early intervention, don't consistently respond to their names. So playing little games like this so that the expectation is I'm going to say someone's name and you've got to listen to see if it's yours so that you get your turn and you respond. Even even therapists who are doing home visits can incorporate little games like that, and that's super, super fun and really prepares a kid for preschool. Mhm. And parents can do that at home. Like if you're if you're cooking dinner, you can use that that rhyme technique with different ingredients or different things that you're using um while you're cooking or or making, you know, a bowl of cereal or something. Um just you you you'd be surprised how many small little tips you can um incorporate at home and in school and just like I said that carryover is so important because um we're only with them so so many hours or minutes in the day and and they're with you know parents and, and caregivers and grandparents more um than anyone and so yeah using right. every opportunity to build language is so important um, i agree 100% all right so keep us moving along here monet we we have about 15 minutes left Okay, so um, so after I um, I'll, I'll read the book, and a lot of the the books that I use have the matching pieces and stuff, and I I use them different ways. Sometimes I won't even have them use the pieces at the beginning. I'll read the book through the whole way, and then we'll go mm-hmm. back and we'll sequence it. And I might hand out the pieces to different kids, so they have to be listening for when their page comes up with the piece that goes, that matches to that page. Um, so again, it's working on, you know, attending, listening, um, and, right. and, um, so, so many, um, things you can ask them when you're, um, when it is their turn to come up and maybe match that, that, um, picture to picture. Um, you can ask them, you know, any of those WH questions, the yes, no questions. You can, you know, talk about, um, action words, um, uh, some of my books talk about animals and animal signs. You can have them imitate that. You can um, just so many different questions. And a lot of my books, I'm putting lists for every page in the book. There might be um, eight to 12 questions that you can ask. And, of course, there's always That's more fabulous. that you can come up with. But it's, a, it's like a no-brainer for parents and teachers and speech pads that, oh, okay, these are some of the things I can ask. And I know as professionals, a lot of times we do already know those kinds of questions, but um, sometimes just having an extra reminder reminds us of some other ones we can ask. And, and I know with parents, it, you're like, oh, wow, I can ask, you know, and, and, and turn it back on the kid if, you know, things that 
they can relate to um, based on the questions in the, in the books. But, um, yeah, so lots of opportunities for that. Um, after we're done reading the book, um, you know, usually I end up doing like some kind of a, a closing song that's based off of, of the book. So obviously it's the beginning of the school year. You can do, um, you know, the wheels on the bus, you can do um, all kinds of different um, songs that'll go well, well with that. And you can even do um, acapella. My voice isn't good, but you can do songs to, um, you know, um, the farmer in the Dow and make up your own little songs. Um, You know, it's time to go today. It's time Uh to go. Exactly. So it's not, something that you have to go out and buy that you have to um I do have a few absolutely fantastic favorite um um musical um CDs uh that I use um well everything's on my iPod now cuz I kind of upgraded <laughs> it took me yeah. a few years to get it all um but yeah so um I I use that as a closing thing and then when I'm done with my um circle I always go around and I always say something to each student that's a positive of what they did. Even if they had the, the, you know, a rough day and the behaviors and, and there's always something that I'll find good to say to them. I like the way you were looking. I like the way you were paying attention. You know, I love that you were using those words. Um, and, and then I, I usually give them a choice. Do you want to do a high five or knuckles? And, you know, we do the little exploding knuckles. And, um, uh-huh. you know, it just reinforces, you know, that what you just taught them so that they know, oh, okay, that's what that was all about. So, yeah, um, yeah so that's how I like to kind of close out, close out my, um, my circles. I love that. And, again, that speaks, that goes back to routine with, all of the things that we do have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and then that becomes predictable for kids, and they look mm-hmm. forward to that. And they know what that means, that after this is over, we're moving on to do something else. So I love mm-hmm. it, love it, love it. And, and you know, and just that... Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's so hard when I we're on the phone say... and we can't see each other. I'm sorry. No. I know. It's okay. I was just going <laughs> to... I was just going to mention one more thing about even something so simple like that high five, that knuckles. A lot of times I'll take it to another level. Not only will I, um, I'll have them start saying, I want knuckles or I want, you know, high five or whatever. Um, I'll take it to where, okay, do you want a high five or a low five? And this works with all the basic concepts. Do you want, do you want um, knuckles in the front or knuckles in the back? Do you want, and then yeah. if I'm doing the high five or the low five, do you want high five or low five? Yeah. I mean, there's so many different ways you can change just that one little, you know, ending routine that you can work on yeah. a ton of basic concepts just with that. So, anyhow. Right. Well, and those basic concepts are so important. And, again, we think about that as language, language, language. But here's the truth. Unless a kid learns what those concepts mean, he's going to have trouble in math. He's going to just have some difficulty playing with other children when they're trying to have a game together or even just being in centers together. And by centers, what I mean by that, if you're a parent and you've never heard that word, most little preschool programs have different areas of the room. And so there might be the housekeeping center where there's a pretend 
sink and dishes and then there's a reading center where there may be bean bags with books and so a lot of preschool teachers will have children kind of move through centers when it's kind of like free playtime and so children will interact with other children during that time and again you're talking about these basic concepts Monet they're language concepts but we can't forget that it's not just about talking those kids will use their their understanding of those like you said before, those location words or preposition, prepositions, those kinds mm-hmm. of words are, are carry on through the whole day and not only at school mm-hmm. but at home too. So we have to work on building that receptive language piece so that kids understand what, what they're hearing not only the adults in their lives talk about but their new little friends too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So... But yeah, I um I, I can't even tell you how how happy I am that, that that you asked me to come back on again and share all of this. Um, it's just my complete passion, and I I can't say how much I've I've just um I love what I do. I love the kids, and and I always tell people you have to be genuine. You kids can sense it. They know if you're just, you know, yeah. if, if you're going in there and you're just doing something robotic or because you have to. And, and they will connect with you if they know that you're having fun and they're going to have fun and the language will start to come automatically. So that's just something that I've seen and, and I know it works. Me too. I love it. So tell us again, remind us again where where. Therapists and parents can get all of your cute materials. And tell us about that Teachers Pay Teachers store and, and what that is, because some parents may not even know what that is. So um, Teachers Pay Teachers is a website that um, promotes uh, uh, materials that teachers, speech pathologists, um, other educators, homeschoolers, um, people who have come up with ideas, they put them on there, and they're very reasonably priced. Um, a lot of things are um, $2, $3, $4. Um, you download them, then you print them out, you use them. Um, my store is Monet's Speech House. Um, I mm-hmm. also have um, a company that's uh, Attainment that published 36 of my books, in um, using real life pictures yeah I forgot to I think I might have forgot to mention that the last time but this was um, two years ago that this happened and so I love using the books that I make on Teachers Pay Teachers it's more of a cartoon version but the kids are very Uh drawn to it and it's got all the interactive and the pieces and everything However, I also think it's awesome to use real-life pictures, and so I like to pair it up. Maybe, you know, if I go into a class twice a week, maybe the first time I go in I'll use, you know, the cartoon, the matching and all that, and the second time I'll go in and use the real-life pictures. So um, the kids respond to both. But Attainment has, um, it's 36 of of, uh, my books in and if you just go to their website, it's called Everyday Readers. It's got a fantastic mm-hmm. teacher's manual, a, a CD for downloading things. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, um, and it ties into to everything. Um, but, yeah, Teachers Pay Teachers is where um, the rest of my stuff, I think I have about 200 um, books and, and posters and activities that I've created, and they're all on there. And, and, um, and my blog, I'll be 
sharing stuff um, every week um, and putting up lesson plans for the month. So um, it's it's just, you know, makes it it's kind of a no-brainer, pretty um, easy for even parents to, to see, you know, oh, this is what I can do. So um, I love your anyhow. everyday reader stuff. You did not mention that last time you were on the show, Monet. I would have remembered that because so many of my – Friends, you know, I don't see school-age kids at all, and I used to not even really see kids past three, but I've been doing that more and more in the last, say, five or so years, and a lot of times parents mm-hmm. are looking for transitional materials, meaning, you know, how, what can I do to get them ready for school? How, what are some things that I can do that are more school-like? And so these look fabulous. So you've written this little series, and it's on, it's at attainmentcompany.com, and mm-hmm. I just put it in just like that and then searched in their search bar, Everyday Readers, and it came right up. So that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it'll take um, a teacher or a speech path through 36 weeks of the school year, which is what the school year is. And you just you can do one. Um, and so there's one for, like, firemen, for, like, you know, fire safety week. Um, there's you know, just the different holidays and themes. And then you pair your own books outside of, you know, from the library or, or, you know, other places. And then you can pair that that week. So if you're working on fireman things for a whole week, these are great for, for, um, for not only that week, but then you have your own other books that you use, your own other materials and, and, um, you know, things that you use. So. Well, you know, that's what I would do. If I were using these little books, here's how I would do it. I would have the toys that were representative of the things that you're going to have with the book and spend some time, especially if you have a two-year-old or a three-year-old, doing a lot of play with those Mm real-life objects and then use the book as the expansion activity or the adjunct activity. But a lot of kids, and I'm finding this more and more and more with our little friends who are on the spectrum, they respond better to books and the visual th- the visual stuff or the app first. And so then you just do it backwards. You do the book first, and then you transition it almost to, okay, let's take it out of this world and put it in real life here. And so then you yes. back up and play with the real objects. And you can do it either way. It just depends on what the kid's interests are and you go with what he likes best first and then you add on mm-hmm. that additional activity yeah yeah you you want them to be successful so you're going to start where like you said where they're going to be successful and what they like first and then you build from there so yeah mm-hmm. well that is fabulous. So, Monet, tell people where they can. We've already talked about Teachers Pay Teachers, and we've talked about your blogs. Go ahead and give out your connections, your social media connections. So, if people are on Twitter or on Facebook, how can or Instagram, how can they find you? Um, they can find me um, on Instagram under Monet's Speech House. So it's M O N A E S and then speech, and then house. Um, mm-hmm. And I have um, a, a little bit of a um, passion for sunsets and sunrises. So if you 
go on to my Instagram <laughs> account. You'll see some gorgeous sunsets and sunrises. I have a balcony, and it goes off into the de- it looks off into the desert, and we get some fabulous ones. But I also mm-hmm. post um, things that you know my new products, things that I'm doing. Sometimes if I put a new product up, it'll be fifty percent off for the first forty eight hours. So you know mm-hmm. you'll you'll get those little notices on Instagram, um, and then um, my blog. We talked about that, and then also. Um, a Facebook, if you just put in um, Monet's Speech House, um, that'll come up. And that's that's um, a lot of times connected to, to the blog as well. So, um, But either way, you'll, you'll, um, you'll be able to know, you know, what I'm doing um, throughout the year and, and things that you can do to, to, to help your, um, your kids um, improve their communication, um, language skills, and everything. So, Well, I love your ideas. I think they're so cute. And so many times... Like you said before, we just have done the same thing year after year after year, and you just need a little fresh blood in there, just some just some new little spark and just adding mm-hmm. that. And so sometimes even just reading your stuff, I've felt inspired and thinking, oh, I should try this and I could do this. And so, again, just using that as a catalyst for introducing some um, – New, fun, creative ideas. So I just love it, and I'm so glad you were back on with us today to talk about all your cute ideas. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Laura, and thanks for everything that you do. I mean, I I love all of the things that you do as well. So I'm sort of addicted to your YouTube uh, videos. <laughs> so <laughs> anyhow. <laughs> But, um, oh, thank you for yeah. saying that. All right. So anybody listening, if you want to uh, look at Monet's cute things, you can get all of the information in the links. I'm putting all those uh, on the post about today's show. We are at uh, today's show number is 294. So you can go to teachmetotalk.com, click on the podcast category, and then scroll down if this you know the thing about this this show Monet is it lives on years and years I'll get emails from parents that'll say I I was listening to show number 25 or I was listening to a show from 2010 and so this Mm -hmm. just goes on and on and on so if you're listening and it's not September 2016 scroll back so that you can find those links for um these cute materials that Monet has done and has so happily shared with us today. All right. And Thank look, you look, so look, much, look, Laura. You're, you're welcome. Thank you for your enthusiasm, too. I so appreciate talking to somebody who's excited and who loves this stuff as uh-huh. much as I do. Thanks, <laughs> thanks again, Monet. I hope you have a great holiday weekend. All right. Thank you. You too, Laura. Okay. All right. Um, That's it today, guys. Bye-bye. Join us next time.